0: I think with that, I'm going to call up uh, Chris and Sharon Newman. Uh, Chris and Sharon have been a part of the church since we started. Uh, Actually, since before we started. Uh, The best part about it is we actually started Colossae in their living room. Uh, So 10 years ago, there was, I don't know, 12, 15 people or so. Some Sunday morning, I think it was the day after Chuck actually got to town, and, um, so I'm just going to ask you two a couple quick questions, uh, about that experience and kind of where we've been. So, so Sharon, if you could just talk a little bit, when we started that, that first Sunday, what were your expectations for what Colossae was going to be?
1: Well, honestly, I didn't have a lot of expectations. Um, we just wanted to open our home. We wanted to be the, um, available for people and really, uh, a phrase that we used a lot back then was being the body to the body. And that's kind of where we went with it. And I remember when we were part of Cornerstone and Francis would share about the early on beginnings of that church. The ups, the downs, the fun they had. It, I mean, it sounded like a great experience. And that's kind of how I wanted um, the experience with for Glossier to be. And just to be there and be available. And um, that's kind of... What we did.
2: How about you, Chris? Yeah, I, the only thing I would—I mean, we didn't have expectations. Um, I think we thought of it as a, an incredible opportunity to be start—you know—the the beginning of something new. Um, and I think more than anything, you know, we just we wanted to be honoring to God and His mission, and not kind of screw it up. And uh, some might suggest we might have made some mistakes along the way, but. Um, yeah, we didn't, you know. Availability. I guess we wanted to be available and open our home, and that's that's where we that's where it started. I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that any of us actually anticipated this um, no. at, at that point. Yeah, but um, so Sharon, can you talk a little bit, maybe from those early days, what some of your favorite memories are uh, at that point?
1: I would. It's. One of the memories that pops into my head is a day not too different than today, other than there were about 30 people in our home, not, I don't know, 500 here. But we, people stayed after church, we threw some chicken and some burgers on the grill, there were people sitting on the floor in the great room, out on the patio, in the dining room, just, you know, caring for each other's kids, sharing life, talking, talking. Um it was I think I can picture it now in my mind and it just brings a uh, great a sm- big smile to my face and joy to my heart that we were kind of living like the axe church. Um and then another memory is we had a leadership dinner in the in the winter and it was one of the winters when we had probably a foot of snow. And you know Oregonians we don't really go out in the snow. And it was a bit treacherous, but I'll tell you, everybody on that leadership team that night made it to our house in the snow. And it, I think it's just an example of the commitment that we had made to Colossae and um, how we wanted to really live life together and, and as Chris said, honor, honor God in that process.
0: Absolutely. So, Chris, one last question. Looking back at where we've come from, where we're at now, what are, what are your hopes for the future of Colossae? kind of as the original
2: hosts I guess Yeah. Um, well I, yeah, it's an interesting question you know when we started Colossae you know um, I don't think we had the goal to become big um, but we had a mission you know to try to live out the simple truths of God's word and, and it's a simple statement uh, but it's not easy to do and uh, so I think you know I think that's part of uh, of what I would say is that we should keep the focus on living out what the Bible, you know, what we know to be truths in the Bible. Um, I think the other thing that that we learned along the way that I want to continue because I think we've we've adopted this is, you know, we need to be about what we're about and not against what we don't believe is what we should be about. So speaking in truth about the things that we. Are about and want to honor and want to, and how we want to love people and and never about what we don't agree with I just think that's that's um, I think that's the way to go be gracious and laugh a lot um, don't take yourself too seriously that's when you run into trouble so um, I just keep that focus
0: very cool thank you guys thank you for uh, being willing to open your home uh, ten years ago and uh, Appreciate it. Thanks.
3: Thanks.
4: My name is Luke Hendricks, and I currently serve as executive pastor at the Tigard Congregation. Grateful that you're here this morning. Really great to see all of your faces. And it's still raining. Just wanted to let you know that. Is that okay? This morning, I want to be able to walk through kind of the arc of the story of Colossae. You heard from uh, Chris and Sharon and the very intimate way in which it started but actually we can back it up just a little bit further. It would seem with any story there is uh, a main character that comes into play really quickly as you read along and that main player this morning is Chuck Bomar. He's on staff at Cornerstone Community Church and he served there for about nine years. And something stirs within his soul that there is a change coming. That he is to be, be, to be about something different. And it's difficult when you're listening to God and trying to discern just exactly what he's saying. But it's obvious to him that a change is on the way. And he starts to sense a conviction to move to Portland, Oregon. Now if you ask him, he'll tell you that he didn't have much more than that. He had flown through Portland, but that was pretty much it. You could read and understand what the Northwest was about uh, as an observant person out there in the world, but Chuck didn't have personal knowledge with Portland. But in 2007, God stirs in his heart. By December, he announces his departure from the ministry that he's been serving at for nine years and declares that he's moving his family to Portland. It's a risky thing when a man listens to God and God says, will you take a risk? Will you trust me? Will you step out in faith? And it will take a family. It will take Barbara saying yes to that and understanding that they've got to go and move and uproot a family. In December, they do just that. They announce it to Cornerstone and they don't ask for any money or any fundraising this is simply a personal call that they understand that way and they start to head north. And there are those, a few, that are interested. Interested in, in a man who would do such a thing, but also interested in Portland as well. And so a few come with them. And those few meet, as you just heard, in the Newman household on April 13th of 2008. Literally 10 years and two days ago. What were the convictions? You heard Chris speak to some of those, but phrased this way. We want to be a community that embraces what we already know. And we would like to seek to have influence into a significant cultural stream here in Portland. And we're declaring that that cultural stream will be the public school system. So two convictions. Embrace what we know which is really saying that we would all understand that we are educated beyond our obedience. We have enough knowledge. Now it's really, can I put that into play? So that's what they start with. In 2008, it already becomes apparent that there are others that can see that vision and are very much willing to throw in, and four community groups are established, house churches, if you will, And they're launched with this kind of thought, be who you are, where you are, which is a very simple statement but can be be turned into something very deep as well. Understanding who you are becomes critical and understanding that you don't have to travel halfway across the world to tell the truth about who God is in your life. You can actually do it right where you are. Be who you are, where you are. As soon as that began, uh, those communities started, it became apparent that worshiping on a Sunday morning couldn't occur in a home. And so they ended up at the inflatable kingdom. And I'm thinking, that's kind of a precursor, right? We'll just create our own kingdom and the way we do it, we just blow it up. It's inflatable, actually. It was a short stay at the Inflatable Kingdom. Uh, They rented that building and all that stuff for about uh, three hours a Sunday, and there just for a few months. In February of 2009, Colossae officially moved into Park 217. It's an industrial park. And you say, oh, wow, perfect place for a church. What you need to know is that Portland and the greater surrounding area makes no accommodation for churches. None. It isn't like they plan their communities and say, we'll set aside some space for religious communities. No, it's not true. Um, and you can't put a church just anywhere. They have designated that it will be in flex zones, which are these industrial places. And so, Park 217 becomes home. The communication of the growth of Colossae was grounded in the idea that we are a church of communities, first and foremost these communities that meet in home in a specific geographic location, and that we will gather together to worship the Lord on Sunday mornings. And so that bigger space was needed. But you also begin to see another conviction, a fourth conviction, come to the forefront in Colossi's life, that they would be committed to grow, but in a different way. Simply stated, We will grow larger by getting smaller. So the emphasis was placed on these communities and the multiplication of these communities that would meet weekly in homes to be the real growth. And you'd see how God would use that in a profound way later. Geographically, those communities would be close to an individual school and begin to be sensitized to the needs of that school and what they could do to serve. You say, so what's the ethos behind serving a local school? Well, Chuck did write a book about it, but I can sum it up really quickly. That doesn't mean you don't have to buy it. I'm just going to sum it up for you really quickly. Chuck understood and could see that really the local church was the funnel in which communities, all of community, funneled through. It was a stream in which all peoples, represented in in all kinds of ethnicities and groupings, all kind of come through the same door. And that if we could be a people that would serve there, we could touch a lot of people's lives. So the next few years saw Colossae move into a larger space in Park 217. And this becomes crucial now. Churches, when they're faced with this, see the energy and it feels good and right And maybe there's even some talk of an even larger space. But it's at this juncture that Chuck and the elders stop and say, we're actually going to live by one of our convictions, staying true to the idea that multiplication was really what's needed. They extended this vision of multiplying communities to include the identification of clusters of communities. And those clusters of communities grouped geographically would multiply into another congregation. How's that sound? Well, it's not like it hasn't been tried before. The church has tried multiple ways to grow. But here's just a little picture of what I believe to be very honoring at this point. It's easier just to get bigger. There's an energy, and there's resource, and there's a lot of things that can happen to just keep pulling into one location but a strategic decision was reached. Colossae would multiply. And so those community clusters now looked at the idea of clustering around a school district. Tigard-Tualatin was covered. What was next? And Hillsboro and Sherwood were school districts right next to Tigard. They were identified, and new congregations would cover that new school district, if you will. So that attention was focused on those two communities. In October of 2014, a building was leased in Hillsboro, and the rebuild or the build-out of the building began in earnest, trying to figure out, God, what would you have us to do here as it related to a weekly worship service? There were already community groups that had gathered, and there was now an opportunity for them to weekly worship together. And in those early days, in fact, the first six months, the Tigard community cut their services down to two instead of three on a Sunday morning. And Chuck would make that commute, if you will, in between services in Tigard out to Hillsborough to preach there. Yeah, depending on what would happen on that drive, it could get a little dicey. But he did that for six months. Uh, simultaneously during this time, Justin Peterson had started an internship program initially at Colossae. And if you, if you know what an internship is, essentially it's slave labor, essentially. Uh, Justin agreed and then was a part of everything that Colossae had been doing for a number of years and getting paid nothing, because that's what you do as an intern, <laughs> Just kidding. But that's, I think we did that, though, honestly. But at any rate, Justin served incredibly well and started to serve out in Hillsboro as he shepherded the community groups. Here comes the next big hurdle. Would you have a leader that would be willing to give up the pulpit? Maybe we could just videotape this thing and pump it in. Chuck Bomar on the big screen. But from day one, Chuck knew that that would not be the picture. The picture would be localized leadership and a pastor that could preach and teach there at that congregation, and it just so happened that Justin had proved himself worthy of that. And so that congregation really birthed and now thrives under the leadership of Justin Peterson, somebody that grew up with the understanding of what Colossae was all about. In April 2016, we saw the launch of Sherwood in much the same fashion. And now, in September of 2016, I come on the scene. I come on the scene from another ministry, another local church. But what you need to know is that I've been around the world of churches and church planting specifically for about 18 years. And I knew of Chuck for a number of reasons and had known of his ministry. And in the church planting world, you you pretty much know what's going on in Portland the average for church plants' success in the United States of America is two, maybe three out of ten make it. In Portland, that's reduced to one out of ten. And in the world of church planting, many would say this is where church planters come to die. Portland. The Pacific Northwest is a very difficult place to plant, and I was well aware of that and involved in a number of things. A number of things in, as it related to church planting. So coming to Colossae was very comfortable for me. And, and having a conversation with Chuck as to what I could do or perhaps provide was very engaging, winsome, and attractive. And I was, I was grateful to be able to come on board. You can see that the convictions that Colossae birthed really continue to this day. Just a quick review. Embrace what we already know as Chris said so eloquently just a few minutes ago. Embrace local schools as a cultural stream that has this understanding that the whole community comes through the doors of a school and serving the community can happen through that endeavor. Being who you are, where you are. Mission is local first. And fourth, growing by staying smaller. So what convicts me There are unspoken convictions now, and let me give you those from my observation. There is a belief in contextual leadership here at Colossae. Justin and Rick, and soon another launch in Beaverton, September of this year, with Matt Bowen. Rick and Justin and Matt have been here and in the Northwest and in Portland in particular and they know what it's all about. They're seasoned ministers. This is not somebody just uh, parachuting in from Texas and saying, hey, I think I need to plant a church. Understanding that God can use that person too. But now, the conviction is that we will raise up leadership that knows what they're up against. And we will grow by staying smaller. What does that mean? Well, that really means it's a multiplying ministry. It's not simply addition. So what other conviction arises? That we're stronger together than we are separately. With the combined resources of these congregations, we can now fund planters right out of the chute, which we're doing currently with Matt Bowen and the new launch coming in Beaverton. And Matt doesn't have to worry about the fundraising, but can tend to much more important matters. And we believe that that's right and true as he prays and searches and meets with people to begin to birth this new congregation in Beaverton. It is a shared leadership and vision. There are unintended consequences, however, any time that you would give away your very best, and some of you have moved from Tigard to Hillsborough or to Sherwood, and some are contemplating moving to Beaverton, it's a big switch for you as a family to start over. And it's also very difficult for that church, that local church, Tigard and now Hillsboro, to give up their best people for a new plant. You must trust God to make all the fill-ins behind that. And I, for one, am extremely um, happy dare I say, proud to be involved with a community of faith faith that would trust God at that level. So this morning, with that brief history, I ask you to just take a moment now and with me, allow me to thank God for all that he's done, and Lord willing, all that he'll do into the future through Colossae. Would you pray with me? Father God, Cannot imagine how many times a man has stood up and tried to explain the history of the church gathered in their context, just as I've done today. Can't imagine what you uh, would think of all of that. We have our plans and our strategies, and we seek to honor you. I want to give thanks for your faithfulness through it all, for your guiding and leading. I know it requires that people would listen, and I pray earnestly that we would be your people who listen and obey. But I want to give you thanks and pray earnestly that you are honored with what we have done. And if not, God, I pray that you would give us the willingness to repent immediately and to trust you for all the next steps, however they go, Lord, we understand that it is by your spirit that this work goes forward and we trust you implicitly. You will not let go of us, even if we let go of you. This morning, may you cause in our hearts a deep swell of gratitude for all that you've done. May your Christ be honored. And may we pray this in his matchless name. Amen.
3: Well, glad you're here. I know heard some of you had a hard time parking. You made it. Good job. Um, not everybody's here, but this is a little different, right? We're not used to any gatherings over like 200, so this feels different, it is different. But this is something that we like to do annually. It may not be in April, it may not be in this building, but this is something we like to do annually to gather and to celebrate together. What God has done, um, if you don 't know me, my name's Chuck. Um, this is Justin Peterson in Hillsboro. if you don 't know who he is, Rick vote in Sh- Rick vote in sherwood and you 're not going to get anything because we haven 't started Beaverton yet, but this is Matt Bowen uh, yeah. uh, man, there's so much going on in the congregations. we wish you could kind of catch you up on some of that, but what we thought we would do. Uh, before I bring up Francis here in just a moment, is we thought uh, we would just pray for Matt. Uh, after, right after Labor Day, uh, The looks like we'll be gathering weekly in Beaverton. You'll hear more details about that. M- Matt, you have a couple things on the calendar. Um, uh, you want to just share those really briefly? Yeah, sure. Hey, good morning. We have an interest lunch next Sunday in Tigard, right after the gathering, so... Uh, you can let us know if you want to be at that by going to the Beaverton website. There's a link on the latest newsletter. Uh, and then there's a lunch in Hillsborough on May 6th, uh, also a link on the newsletter, so you can grab that. And it looks like, Matt, uh, God has given us, uh, well, We hasn't signed it yet, but it looks like uh, Beaverton Congregation will be starting off at Beaverton High School. And so if you uh, would pray for that uh, to be finalized, that would be great, but that looks like that will come together. And what we thought we would do briefly is, uh, Justin, we're going to lay hands on Matt and just pray for him and uh, as God continues to do what he does, build his church here. And we're joined in with a lot of churches here in Portland, uh, but we're we're also involved in one. So we're going to pray for you, Matt, and uh, bless you out. Let's come up here. Thanks.
5: Heavenly Father, we are so... Grateful to be here, to be gathered together as one body. God, we do not gather together every Sunday morning uh, out of religious tradition or begrudging obedience, but God, we gather together because we actually believe your Son Jesus rose from the grave. We believe the good news, and our lives have been changed as a result. God, help us to see in this moment that we are a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. That though we may gather in geographic areas in Sherwood and Tigard and Hillsboro, that we are a part of something really beautiful. We have partnered together in so many ways so that we could plant new churches. And God, the fact that Matt is standing here right now is a result of that. So thank you. Thank you for the generosity of your people for their obedience. Father, thank you for Matt and for his family, for his willingness to step out in faith to be a part of this new work. God, I am reminded as I look out uh, upon this crowd and see faces, I'm reminded of story after story of how we've seen your gospel at work in people's lives. And so I'm reminded, God, as we stand here, each leading our own congregations, God, that this is not about us. It's not dependent on our giftedness, on our uh, steps of faith, per se. But God, it is dependent on you, on the work of your Holy Spirit. God, we pray for Matt as he prepares to launch. We pray for the people gathered here right now that are going to be a part of that, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in their life. And God, we pray for, for the city of Beaverton to be completely transformed by the gospel through this new work. God, would you be honored by what takes place in this room over the next hour or so. God, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.